Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Kaz. You are listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Stay tuned for the next hour as friends have fun sharing many insightful gems which will allow you to realize and value that we are all unique. Yes, we are all unique. You're listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Well, hello, Karen. Hello, Kaz. How are you today? Good, thank you. I can't believe that we're up to show number 49. I know. Nearly a year. Nearly a year we've been doing this. I know, and we haven't repeated any shows. We've been pretty good. We have been. I know. And but today we've got another amazing guest. We just, all these people just come to me and it's great. I know. It's amazing. It is. And as I always say, it's, I can't believe how many talented people we have on the Northern Beaches that I never even knew existed. I know. Well, Julia has actually lived on the North, well, she's travelled the world, but she's also was born in Manly. Her dad was a doctor in Manly. But anyway, introduce her and then we will allow Julia to speak. Well, what about the name of our show, though? Oh, yeah, of course. So Julia has chosen sharing because happiness is not so much as much in having as it is in sharing. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. That's pretty profound, isn't it, by Norman McEwan? It's so true. It is, it so, is true. so true. So now I shall introduce okay. Julia. So Julia Lever. Welcome. Thank you so much, Kaz and Karen. (laughs) A woman of many talents and careers. Currently, she is a sole practitioner lawyer, concentrating on the estate planning needs of the over 55s. I may have to talk to you later about that. (laughs) (laughs) As well as being the president of the Manly Women's Shelter. Want to hear all about that one. Yeah. Julia was born and raised in Manly. She trained as a carotene nurse after matriculating and married in January 1971. Caratine. Well, I can remember that. Caratani. Yeah, I can remember that when I had my children showing my age. I actually, and the over 55 no, my part. parents used to employ Caratani nurses. They used to look after us oh. when they travelled. Okay. Yeah. So Julia and her husband also lived in Zambia for four years after spending a year travelling Europe, East and West and North Africa. She started a baby clinic in Lusaka in 1974. Wow, what an interesting person you are already. <laughs> After leaving Zambia, they travelled with their three-year-old son, Dominic, from England to India and back, driving 30,000 miles. I can't even imagine being in a car with a child <laughs> for 30,000 miles. <laughs> so upon returning to Australia, she trained at Manly Hospital as a general nurse and on leaving was offered a position with the hospital to start a health education department. She studied law once her children, a son and a daughter, were both off her hands and she graduated at 50. Well done. Exactly. That's something that you did as, t- as well, Karen. You studied later in yeah, life. I studied at 38. I graduated at 42. So it, it, and it's so much easier at that age, I, I felt anyway. Well, I, I guess know you know you, what Julia. you want to do then and you're more focused. Well, you're there for a reason. Yeah. I used to always say to the young people that I have subjects with, I don't know how you guys do it. The party was far too important for me in my <laughs> 20s. <laughs> so anyway, welcome, Julia. Thank you again, girls. That's great. Yeah. So we have so much to talk about. Where are we going to start, Kaz? 
Well, why did you choose the uh, name sharing or the theme sharing for us today, Julia? Well, since I've been a very small child growing up in Manly with two very community-minded parents and one of five children, we were virtually sharing from the time we could walk. Yeah, sharing everything. <laughs> we, we used to, my father was one of those doctors who saw a lot of people for nothing in those days. They were called um, honorary doctors. They used to go to the hospital and see patients who they didn't get paid for because it was a district hospital. And Mother was head of the um, Ma- the Manly District Hospital Women's Auxiliary and they used to raise money in those days for the beds and the bedside tables wow. and the lights and oh everything. My yes, it was quite amazing. So, so community and nursing and, and caring and sharing has been part of your whole life. Oh, I think so. And um, recently when I caught up with a young friend, we reminisced about the uh, we used to work at the Far West um, oh, yeah. at Christmas camps. They used to have Christmas mm-hmm. camps and... My husband's mother and my mother and her, my friend's mother all were down there feeding all the children. Oh, that's beautiful. What sort of doctor was your father? My father was a general practitioner but he, um, who came back from the war to live in Manly. Okay. But he also delivered a good deal of Manly babies. Oh, I was going to say, was he a gynaecologist or something? And he also um, did surgery. What was his surname? Williams. Williams Dudley okay. Williams, mm. yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that... So, travelling with yes. your little boy. Yes. You've just recently come back from a holiday overseas with your son. I have. Uh, that little three-year-old's now 43. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the But he, you obviously gave him the travel bug. Well, my husband did. I do give my husband credit for the travel. I always say that, you know, um, he took me all over the world um, to dangerous places trying to get me killed. And I always <laughs> say to him, it would have been cheaper to divorce me. But, um, <laughs> so we've been on some very... Scary, hairy trips. What's the scariest one? Um, probably, I would say the camper van with the three-year-old driving through, you know, all the way through the Middle East. I went to Lebanon when the war was still on. We arrived at the border. So was this in the 70s? Late 70s, Yeah, yes. wow. And uh, we arrived at the border and the uh, soldiers told us the war was on and my husband said, I know. Um, I'm very interested to see um, Lebanon and... Uh, on we went, and as we drove towards Beirut, people were running beside the car thinking the tourists were coming back, and I was sitting in the back of the car shaking my head. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we saw a fair few um, uh, ev- evidence of gun battles and things. And uh, and did your husband practice over there? Not in Lebanon. Um, he, he actually... Uh, Took, he wanted to have a lot of time off. He was a barrister in Sydney when he was very young, a prosecutor for the Department of Labor and Industry. And we, the first year of our marriage, we saved all his salary and lived from my meagre salary. I was a blood taker then at the local pathology. Oh. I've done some weird things in my life. <laughs> but I love taking blood, which I think is not really a good thing to admit. <laughs> but it's for a good cause. Oh, well, you know, the thing was we were saving up to travel we had our first year travelling before we had children all through um, the communist countries, which was that was very hairy because often uh, going through borders was very dangerous. Mm. But my husband just loved every minute of it while I quaked in my boots. But um, And then once we got back to England after a year of being in North Africa and travelling around, we uh, had no money left, so he had to get a job. So he went and approached a legal um, agency 
And they asked him, would you like to go and do an interview for somebody who's flying in from Zambia in their Learjet and is the head of Cooper's Librand and we've got no one else to do the interview so could your husband go and do it? And he said, oh yes, I'm up for that. So in he went to Heathrow Airport and the uh, Oliver Irwin said to him, what do you know about insolvency law? And he said, nothing, but I'd like to go to Africa. And then he said to him, what do you know about something else? And he said, nothing, but I'd like to go to Africa. (laughs) And the man said, well, Frank, he said, "Um, everybody knows everything, but they don't want to go to Africa, so you've got the job. (laughs) So there was I in a campus site in Crystal Palace in London, having just recently found out that I was pregnant. We, I was very ill and we didn't know I was pregnant, so it was a very short pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he said, rang me and said, we're going to Zambia. And I said, where's that? And he said, well, it used to be northern Rhodesia. So off we went to Zambia. And uh, six weeks before uh, the baby arrived, we arrived by camper van from Dar es Salaam to uh, Cooper's Library and they must have wondered what the hell they were getting when they saw the two of us, me heavily yes. pregnant and my husband with long hair and long beard and looking scruffy and uh, what a pair. <laughs> I think it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Great stories to tell, Julia. Oh, every, I've been through everything. <laughs> Which we're going to actually play our first song now. Which I've actually chosen. Julia chose uh, four of our songs today, but I chose this one, which is Sharing My World by DW3. So enjoy, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 or 90.3, your community radio station. Well, that's certainly what we're doing today, Julia, is sharing your world. Yeah. Julie, can I just go back into the introduction? Uh, I was saying that you started a health education department yeah. at the hospital. Can you tell me more about that? Well, I, when I was training, I was on a health education committee and I was about to leave and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I think my husband had um, wanted me to come and type for him. And so he wasn't very keen on me doing anything else for the moment. And his hours were with my child very you know, difficult. So uh, the head of the hospital not the nursing side but the administration side said why don't you start health education for us and they sent me to a whole lot of uh, courses which was fantastic and um, I had a wonderful time it was 1981 and I look back now and I don't think that health education's come very far because even in those days um, I used to get all the children in from the school and I did something very naughty one day I contacted Sydney University and asked them if they could lend me some body parts And I went over to the university where they keep these body parts. And um, are these for training? No, they're actually body parts. It's like a forensic museum. Okay. And it's also my father and my brother both won what's called the Prosector's Prize. So both the body parts of the body that they dissected were still there. So I asked to see those. So I went and had a look at those. And the man was very nice. And he said, "Now, what would you like?" And I said, "I'd like a fatty liver, and I'd like a healthy liver." I'd like um, a black lung and I'd like a healthy lung. And these were to show the children, you see. Yes. And I left, I drove over in this time. children out. <laughs> well, even more, it would be hysterical if I had an accident because I had about 30 pieces of body parts in my car and my little <laughs> mini. And um, I'm sure you'd never be allowed to do it today. No. And um, 
I had um, melanomas, and they're all in, encased in perspex. Yeah. Okay. So I was able to show the children what happened if somebody had this or that, and all the schools came. Oh, right. So the schools came up to the hospital yeah. into a room or something. And we you had did it in it a big area, oh, I and I had um, and all the local people. I always love Mandy people. They're so generous. The local chemists all gave me sunburn cream to give out to the children and. People lent what me... ages were the kids? Uh, primary school. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. But it, this is even funnier. The police was so lovely. They actually um, came up with a breathalyzer machine. Now, this is before breathalyzers yeah. were in the street. And yeah. they let somebody on the staff drink strong alcohol and a strong wit beer and the other one drink low alcohol. And they did tests and showed the children. So it was a bit before its time, really. Yeah. Yes. Um, it was really fun. We got a lot of... Um, lot of press about it you I think wonder, with the liver and the lung though, oh they were fantastic i wonder if people you know didn't drink I, that's or, what i was thinking i wonder um, you know, if the kids smoke. yeah exactly Who took knows? that on and thought yeah. no i'm not going to do that but i you know i laughed and my husband said i hope you don't have an accident in that little mini of yours because they'll say there's a woman today you know and she had a, a car full of body parts <laughs> silence of the lamps <laughs> oh, God. so julia do you have a favorite quote yeah um I, over the years, I know it's probably to pull me up as well, be um, slow to criticise and quick to help because very often first impressions aren't correct. And over the years, I think nursing helped me do that because you have to look after every single sort of person who lives in every different sort of life. And I yeah. had a fairly, yeah. fairly privileged childhood and I think it was a good, good shock for me. Yes, I could imagine. Mm. And I'm sure there'd be some people that you just... It's very hard to warm to. No, not me. I Good love on you, people. Julia. No, I, I love that. No, I, I, I love everyone. I find difference fascinating. Yes. And, I, and Africa, living in Africa, taught me so much and I changed my life forever because people were so generous to me and I used to drive this big camper van around Lusaka which had a number plate called DOG, D-O-G, so mm-hmm. all the African people used to say, there's the lady in the dog. And when I used to go to the local market to buy my food, and very few of the white madams did that, and they always used to try and serve me first, and I'd say, no, 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 you serve those people in front of me first. Oh, good so on you. I actually had a fair bit of positive discrimination, which yes. I thought was, I used to have to pull them up on it and say, now, now, and they'd start giggling and laughing. And Was there oh, a language? Did you have to learn a language or anything? No, or? it's English. Oh, it's English. Yeah, okay. and of course it's common law system, so my husband yeah. was admitted to the high court there too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. impressive. Yes. Yeah. The um, so, did you have servants? We we were. I wasn't going to have any, and um, my husband told me it was part of the economic system that you had to have somebody help. So, because yeah. you help a family, it's yeah. a part of the economics of the place yes. when you're an mm. expatriate. Yes. Yeah. So I had a um, a house girl called we called her Cressy, and she was great fun, and I made sure that. She went from being a house girl to being a nursemaid, so I taught her all about babies, so that when she left, she actually yeah. could get a higher position oh, wow. and get paid more because I showed her all about babies and how to look after them. And oh, that's you know, beautiful! It was lovely. She's a lovely girl. Yeah, I love oh, that. That is lovely. So we're going to now play our second song, which is called Bay Inni, and it's actually a live performance by Jeffrey Guramal. Yan Apingu. Thank you. Now, Julia, you have, he, he's an Australian. He's, he's actually a native Australian. So tell us, just why did you choose him? 
Oh, just every time I listen to his songs, you just sort of swing along with them and you want to sing along with them. I just think he's he's the most underrated person practically in Australia. He's so talented. He seems to play all sorts of musical instruments. And yes, he does. And I just think we don't give him enough credit. Yeah, and when you you chose him, and obviously I, I, I downloaded mm. his songs, we're actually going to play two of his songs today, okay. Kaz. I then had to um, Find out look all it about up him. all about him. So do you want to read, Kaz, what I actually found? Okay, Garamal is an enigma in the Australian music industry. Born blind, Garamal grew up as a member of the... Gumach, you gave me this because it's got all these Aboriginal <laughs> words in it that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. But you'll do, you'll do a the, better job than me, the so Gumach thank you. The clan of Elko Island off the coast of tropical northeast Arnhem Land. His fragile but powerfully emotive voice has affected the public in a way no other artist has done in this country. This unique Aboriginal man sings songs about identity, spirit and connection with the land, its elements and the ancestral beings he is related to. His high tenor voice and aura-like persona creates emotion, compassion and a feeling of peacefulness and longing with audiences in Australia and around the world. Wow. Beautiful, isn't it? Oh, I, I can't wait to hear it. I mean, we went to Uluru um, last year. I've got my year. Uluru pants on. Yes, you have got your Uluru pants on today. And um, I just loved it out there. I just loved the outback. Yes, as we keep saying, I think every native or every Australian, white Australian should go and visit mm. um, Uluru. It's amazing. You have a newfound respect for our um, native people. Mm. So enjoy, everybody. Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. That version was actually with um, Delta Goodrum yeah, and we the were Australian just Choir. That, yeah. I meant to say that in the beginning, so I hope everyone enjoyed that. Julian, another thing about your sharing is that you're the president of the Manly Women's Shelter. I am. I'm so lucky. tell yeah. us how that came about. Well, I was sitting in my office at home doing documents and I was rung by someone from the committee to tell me that the late Ellie Hunt had decided I was to be the president and I jokingly said, hang on a minute, I wasn't even on the committee. And they said that's what Ellie wanted. Ellie was a friend of all of ours. We have an amazing committee. So I've been doing it for, this, for the last year, a bit of, nearly two years. So it's been such a joy. So Ellie Hunt founded it? Ellie and her husband Peter Hunt founded yeah. it um, and set it all up. And it's a charitable foundation, which is, you know, proper charitable foundation. It has three houses for women in crisis. And um, very sadly, Ellie became very ill and died over a period of eight weeks, which is very sad. She was a fine woman. We all loved her dearly. Did she leave the houses to the shelter? No, no. We have to rent those houses. Right. So, and and we, um, it's important for everyone to know that um, we, we don't get any government funding, state or federal. We get a small amount of money uh, each year from the local council. But um, we, many of us, um, including all the local residents, spend a lot of time raising funds for the, the shelter and our, our and you actually have a ball in July that I went to last we year, which I enjoyed and I intend going to this okay, year. Okay, well, it's at the end of July this year and everyone's welcome. It's going to be wonderful. I think this year it's called the Winter Wonderland. But oh, cool. Yeah, but it's, and it's at St. Pat's again? It is. It's at, yes, the International College. Yeah, yes. They're very generous and always help us and look after us. That's what I marvel about Manly. We have so many residents who 
are, are, are generous to us. Community-minded. So yeah. many. And um, I always jokingly say, I'm really good at asking people for money. And, and then I say to them, nobody's ever said no to me yet. It'd be a real shame to start now. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the pressure on them there. Well, you know, sharing is the way, isn't it? It to, is. To give back. And we live in in a society where we really, you know, have nothing to complain about. Everything Absolutely we have nothing. is amazing. So it is always nice to give to um, less fortunate people. Yeah. So Rosie Batty obviously did a fantastic oh. job in bringing awareness um, into – and is most of the women who come to the shelter, are they from domestic violence? Well, it's mixed. And as I said in my president's report, which I've just had to write, <laughs> first things I said in my report were that we have to thank Rosie Batty for her courageous behaviour, her ability to bring this to the attention of the whole of Australia, mm. really. Yes. Um, not always domestic violence. There's a lot of um, mental problems out there in the community. We look after women from 18 on. We Also, there are people who ha- fall into financial distress. You know, um, bad, there is such a thing as bad luck in life. Yes, mm. of course. And, yeah. you know, I say to people, just don't be too quick to criticise people because some of those people who've come to us, you know, have come from all sorts of walks of life. It's not always... People mm. that are just down and outs, all sorts of people have problems. Yes. And how often, how long would a person stay? Well, in the actual constitution, it says three months, but mm. we all, we don't throw anyone out the yeah. street. And there are some people, we work closely with Centrelink and, of course, with all sorts of the um, Department of Housing and we work closely with you know, all the different government departments. Although we don't get funding from them, we work with them closely. Yeah. So that, um, and we also work closely with the women's community shelters. They've got one at Hornsby and they opened a new one recently up in the lakes. So that there's a lot of sharing of people. They don't all come from Manly. We mm. all help each other. We work with the police in Manly who are very, uh, very good at helping us to, we help them if they find someone who needs help, we we work with them. It's a really... Com- and would it in... Does it cover children as well? Like No, a- children um, are looked after by the DY shelter, which okay. has been going So long. if it was a, a woman who came to you who had children, what would happen there? Well, they go to a different shelter so because not we're together. not set up for that. Okay. It's an amazing job that you do. Yeah. Well, it's not me. I just actually work with the, the most talented committee. Yes. And the wonderful thing I love about the committee, everyone has some sort of job or profession, so everybody's mm. busy. Yes. And busy with other things, but still can give the time for our shelter. So Which is fantastic. How many people brilliant. are there in? Seven on the board. Yeah. They're just can-do women, women and one, one man, we've got our accountants are male and he keeps us in financial control. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to go another song that Julia has chosen mm. called In My mm. Life. Why did you choose this one, Julia? Resonates with you somehow? I think I'm still back in the 60s. I, love, <laughs> I love the Beatles. Yes, we, all, yeah. we did. Did you see them when they came no, in the 60s? No. Yeah. I remember watching it on television. Uh, no, my parents were fairly strict. I was practically locked up till I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably is a good thing. Anyway, enjoy everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3. Please like us on our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. The Beatles songs are never very long. They um, 
like most songs now go for about three, three to four minutes. minutes. Yeah, These do. are like just over two. And I can always remember the Rolling Stones actually saying that when they were young, they were on stage for an hour. And now they're old, they're on for two, two and a half hours. And it's going, doesn't make sense. <laughs> Should be the other way around. <laughs> Which we can all relate to as we're all getting older. They've got more songs, though, when they're older now. Because everyone wants to hear the ones that we Same grew up ones. with. Yeah. So they play all of the older ones and yes. then they throw the new ones Yeah, in, but, so. but the prices they charge, you're not going to sit there for an hour and go home. Sharing um, is, is the theme for today. And we always like to talk about empowering all areas of your life, which comes into, you know, friends, um, family, socially, mentally, physically, spiritually. So how do you balance your life, your very busy life? Well, um, the thing I have learnt as I've got older is that I'm responsible for my own happiness. Yeah, I I love that. I Mm. wake up in the morning, I wake up very happy, probably a bit like a jack-in-the-box, which is a bit annoying. And um, I'm up and at it very early in the morning, take my dogs for a walk, which I think is really healthy for me and them. Yes. And I drive my husband to the wharf and then I plan my day. And I am a bit obsessive. I like (laughs) to get my house all organised and plan everything. And then if anything happens, you know, I'm I'm available. And that's what I like to do. It's just... I love that. I so agree with that your happiness is, is a choice. And and my, when anyone ever says to me, how are you feeling? I go, great, because it's a choice. Yeah. And it is so much easier to live your life like that. I don't think I did when I was young. I think I was one of those yes. needy women, like a lot of young women who thought that someone had to be all over you and love you and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, depend, uh, depending on someone oh, else yeah. for yeah. your happiness. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Um, I've been lucky in my marriage to have had a man who um, just allowed me to be me. Yeah, and, and encourage me to be me because as a child growing up, in I'm one of five children, and um, girls were sort of a bit precious, and the boys were all wonderful. Whereabouts <laughs> were you in that line of five? I'm number four, so I joke yeah. and say that by the time my mother got to me, she was sick of doing all the school activities. Yeah, well, and she would have been involved with schools for probably thirty years <laughs> over it all. Yeah. And I have very, very bright, intelligent, successful brothers. And a wonderful sister who's very, very talented as well. So, is a boy the youngest or another girl? There's a boy younger than me who's, nice. who's a, who was a very, um, very successful lawyer, and the two of my brothers are surgeons. Oh wow! And um, my sister's a very talented. Um, she's the widow of the late Sir Kenneth Macmillan, so she controls his ballets and goes all over the world. And she's an artist in her own right. She lives oh, in England. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. so that's a good excuse to go over there and visit her. Yeah, sometimes she takes me as her handbag on trips with us, so that's quite nice. <laughs> we don't mind being handbags no, or something not at all. like that. It'd not be lovely. At all. What do you think about everything of worth on earth is there to share? Now, I agree. For the taking of the one. Or... And because I have these houses, uh, lots and lots of possessions that I've um, collected over the years when I've been president of other organisations and bought things for fundraising, mm. um, I have this. Terrible, terrible um, behaviour sometimes where someone comes to my house and they tell me they want something and I say, hold on a minute, I'll just get my steps out. I think I've got to spare one of those. And these poor <laughs> bewildered people leave with... I've had that happen with several young people who leave with a coffee machine and they sort of just came to see me and they're going out the house with a coffee machine. So I'm all the time trying to give things away. That's and, a good idea, create and, the space. But yeah. I, I also... 
am a chronic gift giver, so I do have hundreds of gifts in my loft. So I've got something for everyone. Oh, really? Yes. Um, I always have Christmas organised a long time before Christmas. So it, <laughs> it's quite odd. It's not a crime. No. no. So do you have grandchildren? I do. I have two little granddaughters in Berlin. See, I have. Uh, I suppose I have to keep busy because I've got son living in Africa who owns a safari company and he's done science, and I've got a daughter living with her husband and children in Berlin. So no grandchildren, no children at home. I always say they left the home and they left the country. It must have been something I said. <laughs> <laughs> so do you get to see the grandkids very often? I do. They've just come out for Christmas and stayed oh, out lovely. here with us. And my husband's off in a few weeks to stay with the little girls in Berlin. He didn't have much time with his, you know, with our children as small children because he had a very busy career and he's... Making Loving up for it, it now. now with his grandchildren. That's oh, beautiful. that's so beautiful. And a lot of people miss that as well, so that's yeah, great. That's gorgeous. It is gorgeous, I don't isn't know it? how you go not seeing your grandchildren. <laughs> Kaz's grandchildren are it's up terrible. in Queensland. I've got but some I'm, here, but in yeah. Queensland, yeah. But I'm sort of this fake grandmother of all the children in the street anyway. Are you? Okay. I've, I, when there's Grandparents' Day, I've been up there and been their fake grandmother and all the little girls and boys in the street come and see me. So did the, does your street do Halloween and all that sort of stuff? Uh, it does, and I always have this terrible hat I wear and these shocking glasses that the children come to see, and I've always got masses of lollies. <laughs> so your, your house is the first stop, clearly. Well, no, I think uh, it's a little dead-end street, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of children in it. There's about 12. So, but I'm, you know, I know them all. Oh, all. wow. My nickname's Juju, so they all call me Juju. <laughs> Oh, that's gorgeous, isn't it? I think it? it is lovely too. It's beautiful. So, so where are we going to go into our fourth song, Cats? Oh, which you cool. can pronounce because seeing I'm not very good at pronouncing all these. You um, keep giving me Yaramo <laughs> Younger Pingy that's Pingu right. songs. That's right. It's called Bapa. Bapa. So enjoy everybody. Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Cats. On Radio Northern Beaches, 88.7 and 90.3. If there's something that you've really enjoyed in our show today and you'd like to follow up on that, please go to our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Guramal's got an amazing voice. It's so calming, isn't it? And Mm. we're just chatting then and we're just talking about as we get older, it's amazing how you start to look back at your life and realise that you have more things to be grateful for than not to be grateful for. Yeah. And I, I always love the fact of one thing that I didn't realise actually until I was in my 50s was the fact that we are the only person we're going to spend our entire life with. So we should be looking after ourselves. Isn't it? Mm. I just love that idea. Because women tend to look after everyone else Everybody and put else. themselves last. So, Julia, you certainly um, sound like you do it all anyway. You look after everyone else and yourself. Oh, well, I am. I'm actually a celiac, so I live on a very strict diet, which I'm responsible for. And um, most of the time I stick to it very well, and it keeps me very healthy. And my local doctor said that I was going to live to well over 100, so I asked him if I should give the children the bad news. (laughs) 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 But you are responsible for yourself, and... um, Mm. You know, sometimes people like me who always want to care for everyone else who have got to back off a bit and not be responsible for everyone else because it's sometimes people don't want it. That's right. Yeah, that's their that's choice. True. So when, when you say most of the time you're good with it, what happens when you eat food that 
you don't. How does it affect you? I get arthritis and nodules on my fingers, which go away if I'm a good girl. And I get um, very tired and listless. And in the past, I've even had a few nasty reactions where I've had swollen face and oh, wow. swollen eyes and things. Not not um, not anaphylaxis, mm. but you know, swelling. It's up to me. Oh, totally. So, did you know this all your life, or just as you got older? No, I didn't. My doctor found out about oh, thirty years ago, but my brother was born with it. So. But growing up in a medical family, of course, doctors don't, you know, yeah. don't like their children to be sick, so they yeah. always ignore everything. We were always sent to school sick, yes, um, and sent home, <laughs> and that was very common for doctors' children. Yes, well, they wouldn't believe the medical <laughs> certificate anyway. Well, I, I don't think they like sick people at home. <laughs> they deal with it every day at work, so but they don't want to come home to it that's either. Right, that's right. <laughs> That sounds, but it's all similar to, you know, a painter never paints yeah, his own house and yeah, all those sorts yeah. of things. It's the same story. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So apart from your dietary-wise, do you do anything else, like on a spiritual level? Like do you yoga? Do you meditate? Do you, um, what do you do for an exercise? You walk your dog, obviously. I'm a very lucky girl in that when I did those courses back when I was learning to be a health educator, yeah. I did a meditation course and two of us were very good at it. And as a result, I do self-hypnosis, so I can paralyse myself, and every day I do that. And I do that at the dentist, oh, and okay. I have my dental work. My dentist loves Without, it. Without um, injections well, and things? Well, mostly it's uh, – sometimes he's a bit nervous. He gets more nervous than me. I think they make you have the needle No, well, more they don't always. Them, but they want you to have it so that they can yeah. be a bit more rougher. He just says to me, do that funny thing you do. Yeah. And I do that funny thing and my hands roll over and off I'm off. And I always, I, I'm his favourite patient, he told me, because um, I arrive happy and leave even more relaxed and yes. happy because I've had my feet up and I've had a sleep, you know, like I've, I'm out So how do you it. bring yourself out of it? Um, it's mind, mind over matter. I've had a few times where I've sort of, when I first used to do it, where I used to feel like I was caught in it. But it's, it's phenomenal and I think it's very good for your health. I can hypnotise different parts of my body separately. So Is that just so that you don't feel pain in a particular part? Well, I can, um, when I cut myself, I can, I just paralyse the finger or whatever it is. And, can you uh, describe how you do that? I just concentrate on, mostly it starts with my hands and my feet, which is really common with meditation, but I actually get profound tingling and actually once I'm gone and my head's the last thing to go, my whole body literally is paralysed and it's lovely and it's, it's my little addiction. I don't drink alcohol, I don't smoke, but I have this sort of thing I do every day and I do it every single day of my life. For how, for how long? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Well, I try not to do it for too long, uh, so I put an alarm on because the idea is to relax and just feel good but not to go then on to the next stage because it's just above sleep. Mm-hmm. So and and okay. I've I've done a lot of research on what it is and it's a lot, quite a lot of people in different countries do it, you know people who do um, tr- go into trances. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've, I've, I've vis- so is it is it below theta? I don't know what theta is. It's uh, yeah, no. Yeah, but um, there are I've been to festivals all over the world and one of them was called Taipusen, and the people put hooks into their bodies and they go into a trance and there's no blood at mm. all. Mm. And so it's um, – I'm sure anyone can do it. Yeah, I'm, think, I'm sure anyone can do uh, it so too. 
That's okay. what I was asking. So, but is it just f- to block pain and things like no. that? Because no. To relax, to pr- make your breath soft. It's open. okay. It's because like, you can go and, like, you're smoking and you want to yeah. give up. Can you? Could you do that to yourself? Hypnotise yourself to not smoke or to lose weight or, or is it just I, a, I suppose you could. I don't know. I can't say I know yeah, enough about okay. that. But all I know is it's that my dentist's been watching me do it for 30 years when did you discover you could do that, though? Um, after I went, did this medication course, there was meditation. another person who was very good, yeah. and the woman said to me, look, you've, you and this person have got a gift. You should work on this. If you practised, yeah. you'd be able to use this for all sorts of things like pain and things like that. And it's true. And I, I'm, I'm a very relaxed, easygoing person anyway, and I had very easy births and things too, ridiculously oh, really? easy births. So, oh, good on you. Yeah, I think it's part of also sometimes the sort of... Um, endorphins that you naturally yeah. yep. produce wow yeah that's fascinating we run out of wow. time as always so annoying julia what inspiring little gems do you have for our listeners oh well i just like people to be generous and uh, think about others a bit more than a lot of people do mm-hmm. and just remember that you know money's not everything because i think there's too many people out there now that are obsessed with money and look after be make yourself happy don't worry about someone else making you happy yeah. just enjoy mm. yourself and be not, be decent to people mm. yes so if people want to find out more about the women's shelter yes um and upcoming um, fundraising events. events and things like that, where would they go to find that? Well, we have a website, yep. um, and so they can go to the Women's Shelter website. We now Is it Manly Women's Shelter? Manly Women's Shelter, yes, and it's, um, you know, it's a registered charity. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they can donate on the website. They can. Or they can book to come along to the beautiful ball. We'd do love you, them to. Are you looking for volunteers to do anything? Or? We're always looking for volunteers yeah, okay. with regard to events. Events, okay. With regard to the shelter, we have obviously trained people that work it's quite um, high powered when it comes to staff we have round the clock staff we have great security and of course nobody knows where the houses are of course not and um, it's sort of a little bit specialized but Manly Community Centre which I was involved in with years ago we work closely with and um, they have all sorts of support staff um, welfare workers and people that help us and they, they always need volunteers, so if people oh, okay. are interested in doing volunteer work. Yeah, for the community. And you don't yeah. have to be a psychologist or... No, no. Yeah, perfect. No, no. Yeah, that's yeah, really Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people think, don't they? Yes. That, oh, I can't do that because I don't have a degree or I don't have no. some particular thing, you know what I mean? But clearly, sometimes they just need a body like a person yes. with the right attitude. Yeah. Manic Community Centre has 60 volunteers and could not do without it. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was president of that before this one. So. Oh, were you? <laughs> <laughs> when, when I stopped being president of that one, I thought, oh, here we go, I'm going to have a rest until I received the phone call. <laughs> but you're obviously good at what you do. Yeah. Oh, well, and, I think... And I'm sure all the women thank you for what you do because oh, it's I... not an easy job to continually raise funds with, with, without the government support. It is easy? Oh, I think so. I'm, oh, good. I, I just am bowled up to people and I'm going to talk to several organisations in the next few weeks. I'm going up to a, I'm going to a board meeting in town and there's some very nice people said they've got some money and they'd like me to come and talk to them. So, And a wonderful American pri- private equity firm's just given me a grant for the shelter for $40,000 and they're based oh, in Boston. Wow. wow, that's cool. That's yeah. so good because the rents, as you said, um, are probably one of your biggest expenses. The rents and salaries are really things that our committee worry about. 
Yes. Mm. And I guess uh, an American company too, money goes a long, a long way for us here. Well, it was bizarre to think that there was an American firm and, it, you know, the actual, after I spoke yeah. to the staff, because they had three grants to give, yeah. 40, 20 and 10,000, and they rang me a week later after I'd spoke to them and said, you won it. And, um, it, but I think just to make domestic violence has just been like the whole oh. world is so aware of it now. Yes. So, yeah. whereas they weren't before, um, it was like being pushed under the carpet. I'd love to meet Rosie Batty because I so admire her. Yeah. yeah, I hope she's having some time for herself to heal because she was grieving at the same time. Oh, I don't think she's had a chance to grieve no. like she should be able to. Yes, yes. But hopefully, now that she's not Australian yeah. of the Year, she could probably. Well, she's now been it. given another high position. Oh, has she? So nobody's going to let her go because she's so brilliant at what she does. Mm. Yes. Yeah, interesting. And Margie Abbott, she's wonderful. Your patron. She's our patron, and um, Mr. Um, Mr. Baird's also a founding patron of us, of, of our organisation, and we love them, and they're very supportive. And we, you know, Mr. Um, Mr. Abbott's always been very generous with the fun, uh, the um, bicycle. Uh, what's it called? I keep forgetting what it's called. He does a a bike ride each oh, year with politicians, and right, they yeah. gave us the funding two years in a row. So we were terribly oh, wow. grateful. And when they announced the next year that that you know they were giving it to someone else, I said, look, um, look, I, I can't say that I'm not going to sulk. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're so good at uh, fundraising because you've got a great sense of humour. Yeah. Well, thank you, Julia, for being an amazing it's guest. It's been lovely to meet you, Julia. Yeah. And we're going to play our last song, which is because that's what we've got now, Kaz. We have. Yeah. You've Got a Friend by, by James, James Taylor. Taylor. So goodbye, Kaz. Till next week. I know. Another show has gone. And thank you again, Julia, and I will see you at the ball. Thank you. You have been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz. Until next time, may your days be filled with love and gratitude. And remember, we'll see you in the mirror. Namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Mm